0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay Specializing in wedding and event photography Visit her page on Facebook For those in love, capture those memories With Something Blue by Anita Kay You're listening to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast With Mark Poulos This is The Ride Home I'm coming, I'm coming home 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 Hello folks and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host Mark Poulos and this is The Ride Home what a crazy week if you follow me on social media you know how crazy of a week it has been for me um, last week I flew back in from Colorado Springs I landed at about 1 o'clock I was home by about two fifteen, and by 10 o'clock that night um, me and my wife were at the hospital because she uh, started to become pre-eclamptic. And if you don't know what that is, it's a condition that pregnant women can get where it's swelling and blurred vision and high blood pressure and all this crazy shit that puts her and the baby in distress. So we went to the hospital, and, and we were there for about three or four hours, and then they told us, like, the bad news that she was starting preeclampsia so the only cure for it is to have the baby so they said that later that night they were going to induce her to have labor so we settled in at the hospital to have a baby on monday and then uh, of course with uh, all of our pregnancies it's never easy so she started labor really good and they were all excited about it and then at about I think it was 10 in the morning the uh, baby's vitals started like dropping really low they started going to like 40 beats a minute so everybody freaked out so they uh, rushed her immediately in for a c-section to get the baby out when they pulled the baby out uh, she had the cord around her neck and around her body so that was pretty scary shit but baby's doing great of course, Mama got stuck at the hospital for a longer period of time as they were trying to regulate her headaches and high blood pressure and all this shit. And all this is going on. I'm, like, uh, back home with our other daughter. And then uh, we had Thanksgiving on Thursday, which is a whole other thing I'm going to get into here in a sec. <laughs> and, uh, and then I headed off for Tulsa, Oklahoma this weekend. So... To go back before the birth of my second daughter, Frankie, um, my mom my mom got me a, a smoker, like one of those electric smokers, for my birthday. And I've been smoking meat like a madman since I got it, and it's they always come out really good. So of course, they bring up like, do you have any interest in smoking the turkey for Thanksgiving? I went online and I looked up a bunch of recipes and watched some videos on YouTube and it didn't look that hard to do. So I'm like, and it probably would be a lot easier than sticking in the oven for like 10 hours or whatever. So I'm like, yes, I will smoke the turkey. So if you've never smoked a turkey before, it's a three part process, Uh, maybe four part process, but First of all, you have to defrost the turkey all the way. Like, it can't be kind of defrosted. It has to be defrosted uh, all the way. So once it's defrosted fully, then the only way to really get good flavor into, like, poultry... I guess you can do it with most things that you're going to do in the smoker because a lot of times... What happens when you're smoking stuff is you put a rub on it, like spices on the outside. And the outside has, like, all this flavor, but, like, the inside, it's just, you know, the meat. So some people will, like, inject it with a syringe, of flavor, and then other people will do this thing called brining. And basically all brining is, is you take a giant stock pot and you fill it with, like, two gallons of water you put a bunch of salt and brown sugar in there and then like a bunch of spices I put uh, like garlic ginger uh, black peppercorns bay leaves poultry seasoning like all this kind of stuff and you boil it up and then once it gets to a boil you shut shut the heat off but the most important part of the brine is you have to let it cool to, to room or refrigerated temperature because if it's hot at all and you put the turkey in there, it's going to start to cook and now the turkey's ruined. So you do that then once you're finished, the, so you put it in the brine for like 24 hours and then the next day you rub all the spices on it and you try to get it under the skin and all over the turkey and in the cavity and everything. And then once you do that you let it sit for about four hours and then you put it in the smoker for 10 hours and boom you're done and it came out amazing but it was quite a quite a rough road to get to that smoked turkey and it's kind of a funny story so my mother-in-law was helping out at the house and god bless her she's such a help to us but sometimes she goes off the rails like most people do sometimes So it's like she's doing our laundry, she's cleaning our house, she's taking care of our daughter, she's just like a dynamo. And then uh, after all this emotional stuff at the hospital, I get home and I walk in the door and I hadn't seen my daughter in like three days and she was so excited to see me and we're being silly and dancing and hugging and stuff. And then I look over her shoulder and I see the legs of my turkey sticking out of a stock pot in the sink. And I'm just like, I go, what's, what's that? And my mother-in-law's like, oh, I saw that you had sugar and salt on the counter, so I figured you were going to do a brine, so I just I did it for you. And I go, well, thank you. I go, but did you let it cool to room or refrigerated temperature before you stuck the pot in there? And she said, well, no, but there was only about four cups of water in there that I boiled, and then I filled the rest of it up with ice-cold water. And I said, well, that's fine, but I go, did you check to see if it was room or refrigerated temperature? And she goes, no, I didn't. So I was like, "Uh, okay. Then I just kind of let it go, and then when she went home for the day... I called my mom, who's in food service, and I asked her about it, and she said, well, it's probably still okay, she goes, but put a, uh, uh, a meat thermometer in the thigh and see what the temperature of the bird is. So she had told me she had done it about three hours ago, and it was sitting in the sink for like three hours. So I put the meat thermometer in the thigh, and the temperature of the turkey was like 62 degrees, and my mom was like, yeah, nah, that's not going to cut it. So I had to throw the turkey away, drive over to the grocery store, get a fresh turkey, and do the whole fucking thing over again. But it was like this thing where, like, all this craziness is going on around me. But I'm like, I'm not, I'm not giving up on this smoked turkey. Like, this is happening. Like, I'm going to do this. And I got it done, and it felt really good, and... And then of course Thanksgiving comes around And we got the whole family up there And it's insane Like everybody's uh, You know it's just like any other family get together It's just ridiculous People are yelling at people for no reason All the younger kids are attacking each other through the house At one point we said grace And like everybody was in a different part of the house But we got through that meal And I went back up to the hospital that night and spent some time with my wife and my daughter. And then it was off to Tulsa. So if you had been watching the weather reports this week, there was a huge, just like, trough of rain that just was scrolling across Oklahoma for three frickin' days. And the top part of it was ice rain near Kansas City, so that was fun driving through But I got there, and I was like... (coughs) I'm like, I'm here. Let's do this, you know? And then I get there, and of course, the guy is like... There's not too many people that are going to be coming out to the show tonight because of the weather. Like, they're all freaked out. And I was like, what? he goes, well... It's raining. And I go, yeah? And he goes, but... And it's icy. So... I go, what does that mean? And he goes, people in Tulsa, when it rains and ices like this, they just they just shut it down. I'm like, they shut it down? They don't even come out of their house? Like, what the fuck? It just made me laugh when he said it because it reminded me of that uh, that thing that happened in Atlanta a year or two ago, where it snowed like an inch in Atlanta, and like the whole city just gave up. They were like, that's it. People were, like, leaving their cars on the highway and just going home. Like, I'll get that. I'll get that in the spring when the when the snow melts, you know. And it's like... <clears throat> coming from a guy who grew up in Minnesota and drives through, like, 10 feet of snow, like, every winter. I mean, they could have flew in, like, three drivers from Wisconsin and Minnesota... And they could have cleaned up that mess in Atlanta in, like, five minutes, you know. It's like, No! Put the cat litter under the tire, you know? What are you, a magician? You know, we know all the tricks, you know? So, needless to say, Friday was a bust. I think we had 26 people at the first show, and then they canceled the late show. And then, after the show, in my head, I was like, well, at least we got through that night. It's not supposed to rain tomorrow, so we should be all good. And then the owner goes, uh, Some bad news about tomorrow, too, because tomorrow is the uh, Oklahoma OSU football game that starts at 7 o'clock, and I was like, oh, that sounds nice. So, literally, last night we had uh, 21 at the first show and, like, 16 at the late show. Like, this football game just completely wiped us out. Like, it was... It was a rough weekend having to leave my, my new daughter and family behind to just go out and work, but I got to make money for the family, and I get down there, and, and it literally felt like I drove 10 hours to just pick up a check and come back home because, you know, there was hardly anybody at the shows, and it's just rough sometimes, you know, because it's the levels in comedy are pretty interesting because... It's like, as a feature act, if I take feature act work, it's at an A-club opening for a famous person, and, like, all the shows are sold out, and it's, it's a fun time, and it's great. And I'm just not at the level now. When I When I get headlining work, like, my name doesn't draw people into the comedy club, so it's like, I can go out and feature for these famous people and perform in front of, like, 600 people Or I can be the headliner myself and do shows for, like, 26, you know. Well, that's kind of how shit goes in this business, you know. You just got to keep racking up the TV credits and and the, you know. That's the only thing that pushes you forward nowadays. But, uh, I've been going to Tulsa for a long time. It's always been an interesting city. Um... I feel like the first time I was ever there, I was opening for Isaac Witty at the uh, Tulsa Comedy Club, and that was a fun time. But it's—I uh, don't know, man. It was a lot of, you know, the, the people there are always great, and the shows were were relatively fun. It was just kind of depressing that nobody was coming out to the shows, and kind of glad to be getting home. And uh, it's going to be a fun time. So this this week coming up. Um, if you live in Hopkins, make sure you come out to the LTD Brewery Company show. Uh, it's gonna be me and Joe Cocazello. The show starts at 9, so come out for that. Check out Largedrunkman.com for all my updated dates. And you can always get this podcast at Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher, and where podcasts are heard. So, tune in next time when we talk about, who knows...